You are listening to the Jewel City Podcast. In this podcast, we are coming together for Autumn Revival 2021. Our special guest today is Isaac Carpenter from Christ Temple. We've got a young man from the Huntington area, attends Christ Temple, Pastor Chuck Lawrence. Uh, he's got a great church there. And uh, Pastor Wright, one of the men in my life, recommended this young man and uh, Pastor Wright called him. He said, now listen, Pastor Robert wants fire, but he doesn't want weird. <laughs> so we're about to get to fire, but I got the weird last night. Uh, my wife cooked a great dinner for him, and earlier in the week when I had spoke with this young man, I uh, told him he was going to have dinner at my house. He said, I want to be honest with you. He said, I'm very picky. I think it's beyond picky. I said on the phone, what do you eat? He said, Chicken. I said, what else do you eat? He said, chicken. <laughs> so my wife baked chicken last night. She made corn, and normally she puts peppers and zucchini in the corn. We didn't do that because he's picky. <laughs> she makes green beans with bacon, fries them, and uh, we didn't put no bacon, didn't put no onion, nothing, just green beans because he's what? Green. Picky. We had, I made the salad, and I make the world's best salad, by the way, and I put green peppers, red peppers, yellow peppers, cucumbers, but I put it all separate and put the lettuce over here because he's what? Picky. And I even had the cheese in a separate. He walked through the line, God is my witness, he took a piece of chicken and a slice of bread. And he reached over and he took two or three of the cucumbers that was in a separate dish. If I'd have known that, I'd have took him to McDonald's and got him some chicken nuggets. He'll eat french fries, but he won't eat any other kind of potatoes. Stand and put your hands together and make him and his wife, his mom, his dad, his grandparents welcome. This is Isaac Carpenter. Come on, make him feel like he's at home. Preach the word, brother. Preach the word. Hallelujah. He's good, isn't he? Come on, I said he's good. Hallelujah. My Lord. So if you didn't already get the memo, I'm picky. <laughs> Listen, I am speechless. Um, you know it, I'm just going to be honest with you all before I get into the word. Last night, when my wife and I and our son, he's six months old, and we got here last night and we had dinner with the pastors of your old church. By the way, you all have incredible pastors. I want you all to know that. You all are blessed, blessed. So we get to their house and, and we're eating and, and we step foot, I kid you not, we step foot in those doors and I felt the presence of Jesus. So I just, before I get into my message, I just wanted to encourage you, you pastors, your church, you all are doing this thing right. I can tell you've been fasting. I can tell you've been praying. Amen. So before we get into this, I want to obviously give honor where honor is due. I want to thank you all so much for having me. I'm an incredible honor, incredible opportunity. I see this. Um, I'm just excited to be here. Um, I'm so excited to be here, to be a partaker in this move. Before I get into my message, I want to share just a little bit about myself so you, you kind of know more about me and I'm just not someone that comes up here and preaches and then walks away, so you get to know me a little bit. So um, I graduated Bible college a little over three years ago. 
Um, I have two degrees, one in pastoral leadership and the other in church planning. Um, and my wife and I, if you don't mind to just stand, I know she's probably embarrassed, but this is my wife. Can we just give her a hand clap? So we got married. Um, it'll be two years in April, and then we had our little son. He's over here with his grandparents. We had him in April. He's six months old. Um, his name is Easton, and I know I'm biased, but I promise you he's the cutest baby you've ever laid eyes on. Um, so that's a little bit about myself. I'm just, I'm just, like I said, I'm excited to get into the Word today. And it's incredible how God will always confirm His Word. I haven't shared my message with anybody except my wife. And so she knew coming in here today what my message was going to be about. And after we were with pastors last night, pastor began to pray over us. And there was one thing that he said. He was praying that the breath of God would breathe in this place. Not knowing God gave me a word for this house that God was going to breathe again. Then we get in here this morning. And how many songs did we sing about the breath of God breathing? So I came to tell you today that God is up to something. I said, God is up to something in this city. He's up to something in this church. He's up to something in this state. And we have the honor and the privilege to be partakers in this next move. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, if we don't mind to just stand up on our feet. I'm kind of old school and I like to, to give honor to the word as we read it. I'm sorry. So let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. And we're going to read verses 1 through 12. And many of you all that have been in church for any time, you know this passage of scripture, but I'm going to be coming from a different angle that I don't know I've ever heard anybody preach it from. So if you've heard, you've probably heard this message, this, this passage of scripture preached millions of times. So you probably know where we're going. I just want you to hold on tight. All right. Verse one, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Verse two, he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Somebody shout, very dry. Verse 3, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live again? We could just preach right there. I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Verse 4, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> Verse 5, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. Someone shout, come to life. Come Verse 6, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath. Someone shout, breath. I will put breath in you, and you will what? Come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, so as I, I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, <laughs> a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Verse 8, I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared to them, skin covering them, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. I don't know about you all, but I'm about to take a lap around this church. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. 
They then came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Verse 11, then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. They say our hope is up and we're cut off. Verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. <laughs> you all may be seated this morning. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Whew, we are going to have a time this morning. So if you're asleep, you just ought to wake up your neighbor because we're going somewhere this morning. My assignment this morning is to speak to those that have felt like they're lost. To speak to those that feel like there's never a chance that you're going to win again. My assignment this morning is to speak to those that have thrown in the towel. My assignment this morning is to speak to those that have given up on the expectation of change. My assignment this morning is to speak to those that you've looked around in your life and all you see is dry bones, very dry bones. So if you're a note taker like I am, the title of my message this morning is Get Your Fight Back. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, get your fight back. Oh, come on, you gotta wake them up, get your fight back. Get your fight back. I believe we got some fighters in the room, amen. We got some warriors in the room. We got some soldiers that came from the citizen of heaven in the room. I'm excited this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, get your fight back. So I want us to understand some things before we dig into the text. And I'm probably going to annoy you. I'm, I'm what I like to call an audience participation kind of preacher. So all night long, I'm going to get you all encouraged. So if you don't like to talk, I'm sorry. You're going to be really annoyed tonight. But I just believe that there's power in agreement and there's power in unity. So I need you to understand some things before we dig into the text. I need you to understand that Ezekiel in this text, he sounds very poetic. But I came to tell you that he was not a poet. He was a prophet. And the Bible refers to him as five of the five major, one of the five major prophets. So Ezekiel prophesies so beautifully in a place that I would not consider beautiful. He is he's prophesying to a valley of dry bones where everything around him is dead. Everything around him is dry. There's no life. There's nothing green. There's nothing growing. It's a valley of death, a valley of dry bones. So God takes Ezekiel. What I'm going to do this morning is we're going to build brick by brick until we build this thing. Is that all right? So, so God takes Ezekiel up in the spirit and he places him in a place that is dead. A place that looks like all of life has been sucked out of it. A place that the Bible says it's not just dry bones, but the Bible says it is very dry bones. So if you could picture in your mind a valley of death, this is what you would picture. The valley of dry bones. And you see, the, these dry bones had represented, I want you to hear this, these, these dry bones in this valley had represented an army that once was living. <laughs> oh, we're going to get somewhere this morning. These dry bones had represented an army that had been defeated. But then, as the Bible says, arose a great army. Then the last two scriptures in this text, we see that this is bigger than just an army. This is the house of Israel. 
So this isn't just a picture. This is a prophetic insight for God's people as to what they would endure. The Bible says that when he took Ezekiel into the valley, he asked Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel, a prophet of God, says, only you know. So Ezekiel, hear this this morning, Ezekiel, as a prophet of God, full of faith, didn't even know if these bones were going to live again. He says, can these bones live again? He says, only you know. Only you know is what he says. And some of you are hearing this, and this applies to you. Some of you have gone something through something so horrific, something that beats you, something that burns you, something that has got you to the point that you are no longer fighting. You've gone through situation after situation, circumstance after circumstance, and the enemy has sucked the fight out of you. To now you're at the point where, like I said in the beginning, you have no expectation of change. No expectation of change. And some of you are so broken. Your life is so scattered. Your marriage is over here. Your, your, your family's over here. Your finances are over here. And you've thrown in the towel and you've given up on the expectation of change. In this story, this relates to some of you. I know it related to me in a, in a, in a season of my life. These bones were so dry that some of us don't even remember like, remember what joy felt like. We don't even remember what peace felt like. We don't even remember what contentment felt like. Your song has been sucked from you. Your worship has been sucked from you. Your dance is gone. Everything about you that used to fight until you saw it, it's gone. The fighting tenacity that you used to have, the enemy has taken that from you. And see, if the enemy can get the part, the thing within you that keeps you fighting, he's won. Oh, help me tonight. I'm getting out of this morning. I'm getting ahead of my notes. I got to get here. And some of you all are saying, well, I had this little battle. I had this little fight. No, I'm not talking about a situation like you pulled in this morning and someone cut in front of you and took your parking spot. I'm not talking about a little situation like that or having to use coupons. I'm talking about somebody in here this morning that that thing that kept you fighting has died within you. I know this may be a deep message, but God is going to breathe in this house again. That thing that kept you fighting, that thing that kept your hand to the plow, the thing that kept you pushing, the enemy has taken that thing from us, some of us this morning. And see, I don't mind falling knowing that I can get up. But the situation and the seasons and the moments that I don't like is the falls that I don't know if I can get back up from. I don't mind the falls that when I get up, I got some scrapes and some bruises and some scars and some some testimonies. But what I don't like is the falling and knowing, will I ever get up again? And this reminds me of the commercial we see all the time of of where where the the life alert commercial, where it's, it's someone has fallen. And what do they say? I've fallen and I can't get up. And that's some of you all here this morning. I've fallen, and it seems like I just can't get up. And see, we see this commercial, and on this commercial, they show most of the people that have fallen are elderly, but I wanted to declare today that this, I want you to hear me, that the enemy can take the fight from the young, he can take it from the young, the middle age. He can take it from the senior. It doesn't matter your race, your background, your ethnicity, or your age. The enemy can take the fight from you. 
So I don't want you to think, oh, listen, the, 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 the commercial he's talking about is for the elderly. So this must only, no, no. This is for every group, every age, every background, every ethnicity, because some of you are, are 10, 15, 20, 25, all the way up to 100. And this is what your life is screaming. Help. I can't get up. I've fallen. And I, I, I can't get up. I've fallen. And I can't get up. Have you ever seen somebody that's lost their fight? Have you ever seen that person? Have you ever seen that someone, when you have seen that they've given up on life, the things they used to care about, they care about no longer. They don't care about the way they look, the way they dress, if they comb their hair, if they brush their teeth, if they come to church. This as an indicator that they've thrown in the towel. I've fallen and I can't get up. See, there, there is a time where you can lose your fight so bad that you despair of life itself. Apostle Paul, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. This is what he says. Now, this is Apostle Paul. He talks about a time he went through that he despaired life in itself. He didn't even want to be here anymore. He didn't care about his call. He didn't care about his purpose. He didn't care about his destiny. And then he cries out in Romans 7, 24. This is what he says. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body as I am subject to death? Help. I've fallen. And I can't get up. And I know this message may not be for everybody, but there's somebody that this message is for. There's somebody that even on the way here, you thought, I don't know how I'm going to wake up in the morning. I don't know how I'm going to get through the rest of this day. I don't know how the bills are going to be paid. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to do this. And your spirit has been crying. I've fallen and I just can't get up. These bones in this story as we read, these bones were very dry, so God takes Ezekiel on a field trip, and the valley was very dry. These, these bones were so dry that God's prophet, Ezekiel, didn't even know if these bones were going to live again. So then we see in verse 7, if you'll go to verse 7 with me, this is what it says, I prophesied as I was commanded. Notice he didn't say I prophesied when I felt like it was the right time. He didn't say, I prophesied when everything seemed like it was going good in my life. He said, I prophesied the moment God told me to speak. And see, sometimes, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Sometimes you don't have to have faith for the text, but you have to have obedience for the text. So in the beginning of the story, he says, can these bones live again, Ezekiel? Ezekiel says what? Only you know. Then he's saying, so Ezekiel is saying, I don't know if, if my faith will match up if these bones can live again. And then what happens? He prophesies as he was commanded. So he wasn't prophesying based on the level of faith that he had. He was prophesying based on what, the word, based on what his, his father was saying. He was prophesying out of a place of obedience. Ezekiel wasn't even sure that these bones would live again, but yet he stands over something that he didn't even know was ever going to be resurrected, something that was dead. And this is some of you this morning, some of you need to stand over things in your life that look dead and speak life to them. 
See, some of you need to speak to your family. Some of you need to stand over the, the death thing in your family, the death thing in your finances, the thing that needs to be resurrected in your work, the thing that needs to be resurrected in this city. And I promise you, if you would stand over that thing and declare life and life more abundantly, it's only a matter of time that that thing that once was dead gets up and like the word says, what, Lazarus, get up and come forth. It's just a moment of time. Look at your neighbor and say, get your fight back. Get your fight back. So Ezekiel still prophesies as he was commanded. He may not have even known if these bones were going to live again, but he was still what? He was still obedient. And I wanted to tell you this morning that the word of God, hear this, the word of God is the first step in rejunification to those that have lost their fight, your fight. You want to be rejuvenated? Get the word of God in your spirit. You can't get your fight back based on your feelings. <laughs> you can't get your fight back based on your feelings, but you can get your fight back by opening up Genesis all the way to Revelation. That's the moment you'll get your fight back. See, see, if you live your whole life based on your feelings, you will be disappointed every single day of your life. See, we, we are to be as citizens of heaven. We are to be spirit men and women first. Not driven by our flesh. Every day I wake up and I remind my flesh what my spirit is already saying. I don't wake up and ask my flesh, how do you feel today? I wake up and tell my flesh how I want to feel today. Why? Because we are spirit men and women first. Amen? Spirit men and women first. Prophesy to the bones as I have commanded. <laughs> so Ezekiel says, in order for them to get their fight back, I prophesied as I was commanded and it took a moment and there was noise. No, no, no. In order for them to get their fight back, I prophesied as I was commanded and suddenly. Uh, not a second, not a minute, not a day, not an hour, not a week, but a suddenly. And I came to declare over this house, there is about to be a season of suddenlies hit this house. Seasons where your marriage is suddenly going to turn around. Seasons where this city is going to suddenly turn around. A season of suddenlies. A season of suddenly, and there was a noise. There, there was a shaking, and it started coming together. Suddenly, it started coming together. And see, when, when God starts bringing things together, I want you to catch this this morning, he will bring things together that fit together. <laughs> oh, in this passage, it says that he put bone to bone. So he didn't just randomly grab things and force them together. No, he put these things together bone to bone. You see, structure, my God, I'm getting ahead of my notes. See, structure is vital for revival. Uh, bone to bone. So he didn't grab the hip bone and try to connect it to the neck bone. Bone to bone. We're going to see an illustration of structure. This is why it's important for us to un understand that not everything and everyone can go with you. I'm sure as these bones were coming together, I can imagine if I was, if I was someone in the army that had just passed away, that was, that was just bones, I can imagine that as these bones are coming together, they're seeing all these bones flying, against, flying by them. And I'm sure that they could begin to think, was that mine? 
Wait, hold on. That was, that was mine. And see, we laugh about it, but in all reality, not everything can go with you and not everyone can go with you. Amen. So, so what we do is we see, we see that, okay, what we do is we think that this is a piece of the puzzle, that the person is the piece of the puzzle when God is watching down from heaven, knowing that it's wrong, waiting for us to just let him put things bone to bone. And this morning, I just wanted to declare that I feel God putting things back together. I feel God putting things back together in this city bone to bone. As I was down there in worship, I was going to share this at the end, but I just feel God me to do this now. As we were down there in worship, I was worshiping and, and we're singing about the breath of God and that's where this message is going. I saw as my eyes were closed and I was praying, I saw the sky above this roof just part and I saw God looking down from heaven and breathing and it was from the top and I began to ask God in my spirit, I said, God, why, why did you have to breathe from the top? Why didn't you just breathe from, this is just how my brain works. I'm asking God, why did you not breathe from the side? But why did you breathe from the top? And I said, and he, this is what he said. He said, I had to breathe from heaven so that they would know this ain't man breathing, but this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords breathing. So I believe that in this move, God's not only breathing in this church, he's not just breathing on the families in this church, but I believe these doors are going to swing open with the breath of God in every home, every school, every educational system, every governmental system, every family, the breath of God is breathing in this city again. I said he's breathing in this city again and all he's looking for is a group of men and women that'll say listen when you breathe I'll ride this wave. When you breathe I'll go with this thing. Woo! My good God. Ha. I feel God putting things back together again. I feel them putting things back together again. I know it's not fixed yet, but it's coming. I know you're not out of the woods yet, but it's coming. I know you haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. I know the finances are out of control, but it's coming. I know your family may be going crazy, but it's coming. I know your kids may be going crazy, but it's coming. I know this city may be going crazy, but it's coming. I know this country may be going crazy, but there is a move that is coming to this nation. And my word says that no eye is seen, no ear is heard, nor is it even entered into the heart of man the things that I have desired to do in this house. So I came to declare this morning that it's coming together. I know it may look hopeless. I know it may look like death. You may be staring dry bones, but it's coming together. It's coming together. See, the problem is that we have become ungrateful. Oh, help me, Jesus. We wait until we see a thing coming together to give God praise. As if he hasn't already done enough. I have said this from the moment I've preached my first message. If God was to never bless me again, if he was to never provide again, if he was to never, if I was to never see someone healed again, if I was to never see someone saved again, if I was to never see someone's family be restored, he has done enough already. 
And so what we do is we wait for God to move to give him a praise. And what God is waiting is a people that'll say, you know what? I'm having faith to praise and I'm putting praise on credit because I haven't seen it yet, but I'm giving it to you anyways. I feel like somebody today is getting their fight back. Yeah, I feel like somebody is squaring every devil, looking at every devil, every principality. I feel someone's fight getting back to their spirit in places that they threw in the towel, in places you threw in the white flag and you surrendered. I believe after this morning, you're going to go back to that places and tell the devil what's up. Uh, Oh, help me, Jesus. And say, I know it's coming together. Look at your neighbor and say, come on, I know it's coming together. Come on, you got to have faith. The person beside you may not have faith yet that it's coming together, but your faith needs to spill off on down your row and let them know, I know it may not look good right now, but I know that it's about ready to come together. I, I, feel, I feel my valley beginning to shake. Uh-huh. I feel my valley beginning to rattle. I hear a sound in my valley. I hear a sound in once in a place that once wasn't speaking. I, I hear a sound in a place that once was only producing life. I hear life coming up out of a place that was only producing death in one time. Somebody is getting your fight back. Ah, somebody's getting their fight back. Whew. See, when the bones came together, God connected each bone in its correct placement. Stop trying to connect with people and things that don't fit. Uh, See, the reason that your dry place hasn't seen life yet is because you've been trying to grab things and place them and force them in areas that they were not supposed to be in. Whether it may be a person, whether it may be a thing, but here's what I have learned. If it doesn't fit, don't force it. If it doesn't fit, don't force it. See, if you've got to put all of this work together in order for something to work out, then most of the time it's not supposed to fit there. If you're doing a puzzle and you've got 10 pieces left and you're looking in the center of the puzzle, you don't grab for the edge piece. Why? Because it's not going to fit. And see, this is what we've done. We've looked at all the pieces in our life. And what did we do? We grabbed the incorrect thing and try to force it to fit. And then when it doesn't fit, we get mad at God. God, I tried to do this. I tried to do that, but it's just not working out. And God's screaming from heaven saying, listen, yes, you've been trying to do it, but you've been putting the wrong thing in the wrong place. If it doesn't fit, don't force it. If it doesn't fit, don't force it. See, as this shaking in the valley is happening, like I said, there were bones flying by. I can just imagine it. And, and what would have happened is, I'm sure, it, I, I, this is just how I see it in my head, is like these bones just flying by and like this cool scene of a movie, this is just how I see it, like these bones flying by. And what if, what if one of them was like, oh, I need a hip bone, and just reached out, right? And maybe they grab a femur or something like that and then try to on their hip. Not everything that's available to you is for you. Not everything that has your attention is meant to bring you fruit. (laughs) If it went past me, it wasn't for me. Some of you all have fought many days, wrestled with God. God, I thought this was supposed to be it. I knew this was supposed to be it. Why didn't you come through? If it went by you, it wasn't for you. 
(laughs) I don't want anything attached to me that is not for me. I don't want anything attached to me that could not hold me and sustain me when the glory of God falls. (laughs) This is why it's important that if it doesn't fit, don't force it. He attaches bone to bone. I don't want anything holding me up that can't stand and uphold the weight of my calling. And see, this is why some of us fall after time, after time, and after time, because we are trying to put worldly things as our foundation. And then asking God, why have I not stepped into the call? And he's saying, you can't hold my word with these worldly foundations. So we have to know that I came to encourage you this morning. We have to know that this isn't your last fight. (laughs) This isn't your last battle. Because we've got some devils outside of that door that the kingdom of heaven is waiting for a men and women to take down. And what we've got to do is understand that, listen, just because the bell rang does not mean the fight is over, baby. That just means that when the bell goes off, it's time to get in the corner, get refreshed, get rejuvenated because we got another round to fight. Uh. Just because you hear that bell don't mean it's over. It's just time for another round. And see, if you know anything about boxing is if you get to the 10th round, it doesn't matter what happened round one through nine. But in round 10, if you knock out your opponent, it don't matter what happened round one through nine because if you win in that round, you win the battle. Uh, Look at your neighbor and say, we got devils to fight. Come on, we got devils to fight. We didn't come here for a show. We didn't come here to entertain each other. We didn't come on here to look cute. We didn't come here for a fashion show. We didn't come here for popularity. I didn't come here to be a motivational preacher. I didn't come here to be a life coach, but I came here to be a gospel preacher that'll look at you and say, listen, there's more for your life. Get your fight back. Today, you're getting your fight back. Today, you're getting your fight back. I know your last fight took you out and you feel stuck in your valley, but I hear heaven screaming out and saying, listen, Lazarus, come forth. Son, daughter, come forth. You've been in that valley, that dry place for too long. I didn't even intend you to stay there this long, but that's right. That's all right. I'm a God of restoration. And listen, I will make what all things work together for my good, for those that are called and love according to his purpose. Uh, I'm taking you to the mountain is what God's saying this morning. I'm pulling you up out of the valley and I'm taking you to the mountain. But as I take you to the mountain, don't look back at the valley. Because what will happen is if you look to the valley, you'll start thinking about the valley. And when you start thinking about the valley, you start acting like the valley. And when you start acting like the valley, it don't, doesn't matter if your physical location is at the mountaintop because your mind is still in the valley. Uh, God is taking you to the mountaintop. Shout for me this morning, it's coming together. God is bringing it together in the middle of the noise, in the middle of the chaos. He's bringing it together. So we see in this passage, God, as he's bringing bone to bone, we see God creating structure. We see God building infrastructure before he breathes life. 
God didn't breathe life and then make structure. He made structure and then he breathed life. You got to get that. Don't get discouraged. The reason it wasn't changing was because God was building structure. God was building infrastructure so that when he breathes, everything that you have built will now be able to withstand the move of God. See, if God breathed where there wasn't structure, when he would breathe, the thing that he would breathe on would crumble. Why? Because there's no infrastructure. And God needs structure. Why? So that when he breathes, it can withstand the weight of the glory of God. So he's building structure and infrastructure before he breathes. Now, after these bones come together, he tells Ezekiel to prophesy again. So Ezekiel prophesies two times, and I want you to get this. The first time he prophesies, he prophesies to the bones, right? And the second time he prophesies, he prophesies to the winds or to bring the breath of God. So these are the two times that he prophesies. So the first time we see him speaking to the object, the second time we see him speaking to the thing that empowers the object. So the first time he's speaking to the condition, the second time he's speaking to the wind that can change the condition. Are you hearing me this morning? So the first time I speak to the dry bones in the valley, I speak to what's left. I speak to the remains of your finances. I I speak to the remains of your marriage. I speak to the remains of your family. I speak to the remains of your business. I speak to the remains of your ministry. This is what he's doing. He says, so God looks at the remains. He looks at what's left and says, I want to speak to that. See, you think God was turned away by the remains. Now he was attracted to the remains. You've looked at God and said, God, this is all I have. I know it's not enough. And he's looked down from from heaven and said, that's all I need. He's speaking to the remains in the story. What is left And he speaks to it and he says, I'm going to shake that together. The remains, the thing that you thought had no purpose. I don't have enough to make purpose. I don't have enough to do that. That's the thing that God is speaking to this morning. And as our Bible says, good measure, pressed down and what? Shaken together. Notice that in this scripture, when God shakes things, he shakes things together. In this passage of scripture, he says, good measure, pressed down and shaken together. See, and we're turned away by the shaking. But I came to tell you this morning that the shaking's of God. Because what is he doing? He's shaking things together. He's shaking things together. Then God says, no, I want you to prophesy to the wind so that it will blow on those that were slain. (laughs) Prophesy to the wind so that it will blow on those that are slain. And I came to tell you this morning, God's about to blow on those that are slain. God's about to blows that feel, blow on those that feel like all they have is remains. All they have is leftovers. They don't have enough. God is about to blow on you this morning. God is about to blow on you this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a comeback coming. There's a comeback coming. There's a comeback coming. Come on, you need to shout this thing. There's a comeback coming. These things are coming together. What looked dead is now about to spring forth life. There's a comeback together. There's a wind blowing through this church. 
There's a wind right now blowing through your home. There's a wind right now blowing through your finances. There's a wind right now blowing through this community. There is a wind blowing, and the whole purpose of God wanting to breathe on you again is so that you can get your fight back. Ah, In this passage of Scripture, there was death, then God breathes, and after he breathes, what happens? There's an army. So the purpose of God breathing was so you can get your fight back. Uh, God, is whole, his whole agenda and his whole purpose on breathing this whole week is so that the people of God can get their fight back. Uh, God wants to breathe in your life today so that you can get your fight back. Notice that the Bible doesn't just say that they stood up on their feet. After he breathes on these bones and they come together muscle to muscle, bone to bone, the Bible doesn't just say that they just stood up on their feet. The Bible says then stood a what? A great, mighty army. And the thing that I love about this passage is, is it says that they stood up a great, mighty army. And as I, as I was reading this, you've got to understand that you just can't read the Bible. You have to read the Bible, right? You can't just skim things over. You've got to read this thing. The Bible doesn't just say that they got their life back. The simple fact that they would have just had their life back and been resurrected is incredible, but that's not what the Bible just says. The Bible says that they were not only resurrected, but they were resurrected as an army. (laughs) I want you to hear me this morning. They weren't just resurrected into normal human beings. They were resurrected into a great army. (laughs) They were resurrected into a great army. This means that when the breath of God blew on them, they came back to life as warriors. So someone here this morning that you've given up, and you've lost your fight, when God breathes on you, you're about to become a warrior. You're about to become a soldier. You're about to become a soldier for the citizen of heaven. And here's what I like. When God breathed on them and they came back, guess what? They got their shield back. (laughs) They got their sword back. They got their armor back. They got their protection back. They got back everything that they needed to fight. This story would have just been incredible, like I said, if they would have just come back as normal people. But they came back as soldiers, as warriors, as a great army, now carrying everything that they need to fight. They didn't come back without weapons. They came back with a sword, with armor, with with a shield. They came back with everything they needed to possess victory. So when you come back this morning and when you get your fight back, don't come and get your fight back with the thought in mind that I'm coming back defeated. No, baby. You're coming back with victory. You're coming back with armor. You're coming back with a shield, with a sword, with the breastplate of righteousness, with the armor of God all over. You're ready to fight this thing. You're coming back bigger and badder than you've ever been. You're getting your fight back. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting my fight back. See, this morning, we're not just coming back as a normal body of believers. I believe today the breath of God is going to breathe in this place. And when he breathes, then we'll stand a great and mighty army. A great and mighty army. We're coming back as warriors. We're coming back as fighters. We're coming back ready to possess and take everything that the enemy has stole. And now I want to share 
as they're coming up, I want to share a word that, and this is just absolutely incredible. I want to share a word that the Lord gave me for this house as I was, as I was beginning to study. And like I said at the beginning of my message, it's just incredible how God will confirm his word. So there was this word that I think it was about a week ago, four days ago, something like that. I was studying and the Lord gave me this word and I pinned it in at the bottom of my notes and I just began to ask God, God, if this is the word for this house, I need confirmation. And the word was that God's about to blow again. And like I said, all, all morning long, this is what we've heard. And this is what the Lord was telling me. Psalms chapter 51 verse 12. Psalms 51 verse 12. This is what it says. Bring me back from gray exile. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Put a fresh wind in my sails. See, you have to understand that sails are pointless without the wind. I could go in the middle of a body of water right now with no wind and put my sails up and I'm not going anywhere without the wind and the breath of God. the wind on a sail that directs it's the wind on a sail that keeps me going and then the Lord directed me to Exodus chapter 10 verse 19 and the Lord and the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind which caught up all of the locusts and carried them into the Red Sea. Not a locust was left anywhere in Egypt. And see, locusts, they eat all vegetation. So it would strip away the food for people to eat. It would bring destruction. Now I want us to go back and read this passage of Scripture. And the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind. Remember that locusts bring destruction, which caught up all of the locusts and carried them into the Red Sea. Not a locust was left in Egypt. Not a bit of destruction was left anywhere after the wind blew. So I came to declare this morning that a fresh wind is coming to this house. Here is what I feel the Lord leading. And some of you all may be on the platform. If I can have all of the staff just come to the altar, all of the staff at this church, I don't care if you're full-time, part-time, I want all the staff down here. And as they're coming, I want you to just stretch your hands this way and begin to pray. God's going to breathe on them before he breathes on this house. Woo. If you're down here at the altar, I just want you to just lift your hands. Come on, just worship him in your own way. He's wanting to breathe right here, right now. Father, we adore you. We love you so much. right now God
God, you showed me that you want to breathe on this house. God, you spoke that to me, and we've had many confirmations this morning. Now, Father, I ask right now that you would breathe right now in this house. We ask for the breath of God as we just read to breathe in our sails again. Father, we ask that in other translations of that scripture, it says, restore to us the joy of our salvation. And God, we ask that you would remind us. God, of that first encounter that we had with you. God, the moment you picked us up, you picked us up out of the hand of the enemy, God, and you set us down on a firm foundation. God, we ask that you would restore to us the joy of our salvation. And Father, right now, God, I call upon the wind of God from the north, God, from the south, from the west, and God, from the east. And God, I ask that you would blow in this house again. God, go up every row and down every aisle. God, breathe in this house, Jesus. God, breathe on your people, God. God, we ask for a refreshing over this house. God, refresh our spirits. God, to those that seem like they're at the end of the rope, God, to those that have thrown in the towel, to those that have surrendered, Father, and feel like there's no way out of this, Father, breathe again. Oh, breathe on us, Jesus. God, breathe over every dead situation, every dead circumstance. God, every valley of dry bones, God, speak, God. God, breathe and revive us again, oh God. Uh, Come on, we're in no rush this morning. The king is here. And when the king is here, we don't rush to get out of these doors. We just sit at the feet of the Father. (laughs) Come on, just worship him in your own way right now. Come on, you don't need someone to lead you. Come on, you're your own worship leader. You better get used to this because in heaven, we're going to be doing this 24-7. Father, we adore you. We honor you in this house. Father, we call upon the fresh wind of God. fresh wind of God. Come on, someone's getting it right here. Come on, people, you hear that sound? Yeah, that's the sound of God breathing. Yeah, come on, we read, come on, that there was a shaking, there was a rattling. See, when God breathes and things begin to come together, there's a noise that's followed after that. Come on, he's breathing. Come on, don't hold back. When he breathes, you just let out a shout. God, breathe again in this house. Breathe again, oh God. Oh, he's breathing. You hear him? Come on, some of you right now, this is what I feel. Some of you right now are getting a fresh hunger in this moment. 
Some of you right now are getting your zeal back for the God. Some of you right now are getting your passion back for God. Some of you right now, God is breathing right now. Moments, days that you've had sleepless nights crying out for a fresh touch, it's here this morning. Come on, he's here right now in this moment. Come on, the king has interrupted this service to do one thing, to be with his sons and daughters. Come on, you may not be used to this moment, but that's all right. The king is here. Come on, your worship is creating a throne for him to just sit at. Uh, Come on, some of you right now, you're wondering, what do I do in this moment? Lift your hands and just worship him. Lift your hands and just worship him. Come on, hands lifted all across the sanctuary. Whew. Hallelujah. Father, I hear the sound. <laughs> of the abundance of rain. Father, we call upon the wind of God. We call upon the rain of your spirit. Come on, some of you need to fill this altar. Come on, you should have known when you stepped in here and this was revival, this isn't going to be an ordinary service. Uh Uh-uh. This isn't going to be an ordinary service. Some of you all need to fill this altar. Come on. Soak this carpet in your tears. Soak this carpet in your worship. Soak this carpet in your praise. Soak this carpet in your prayers. If my people, he didn't say the world. He didn't say the sinners. He said, if my people, that's you. If my people will humble themselves and pray. Some of you all need to come down here and pray. I know this may be interrupting the plans of service, but that's all right. The king is in the room. And this is my other altar call. If you're in here, and you feel like you've lost your fight, I want you to come to the front. You used to be full of tenacity. You used to be a fighter. You used to go 20, 30, 40 rounds with the enemy, and now you can't even go one. God wants to put a fight back in your spirit. If that's you, I want you to come to the altar right here. I know there's many of you, because as I was preaching, tears were flowing. It's not God's will for his sons and daughters to live in defeat. The enemy will try to keep you there and keep your mind in that trap. This is how you're supposed to live. No, my Bible says that sons and daughters will live in continual victory. Come on, if you're in here and you feel like you have lived a life full of defeat and you have lost your fight, God wants to give your fight back to your spirit this morning. Come on, there's more of you. Come on, there's more of you. 
I just heard the Lord say this. Some families in here have lost their fight. The enemy has attacked your entire family and your whole family has lost fight. And God wants to give mom, dad, son, daughter all fight back. Yeah. Yep. You feel like everything's been stripped away from your family. Yep, God's given your fight back this morning. See, this is what revival looks like. Those that have fasted, those that have prayed, this is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been fasting for. If I could have some of the prayer team just to come up and we're going to pray over these people right here. And if we don't mind, praise team, I'm going to pray. And then could we go into, I'm sorry if you all already had a song, but could we go into, um, it's your breath in our lungs. Could we go into that? Come on, stretch your hands this way and come in agreement. Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that a fresh wind would touch every single person at the altar. I speak right now that fight is coming back. Fight is coming back to their spirit that they won't just give up, but they will understand there's a fighter in me. There's a fighter within me. There's a warrior within me. Yes. There's a great and mighty army in this room, and I'm a part of that army. That's right. And for me to be a part of that army, I've got to fight this thing. I know it may look like there's no way out. I know it may look like it's impossible to move from this place, but this isn't the end game. I win. In the end, we win, people. So, Father, we ask right now for your breath to blow in this house. In Jesus' name. I want to give one more call this morning. If there is anybody in here this morning and you do not know my best friend, Jesus. At some point this morning, your heart was beating out of your chest. That is Jesus calling his son and his daughter home. So if you're here this morning and you want to be sure that if that breath you just took was your last breath, you knew that you would be seeing Jesus face to face. If you want to make sure of that, I want you to come down to the front in this moment. We don't want to go through one service and not give a call for sons and daughters to come home. Amen. So if you're in here right now and that's you, like I said, at some point during this service, you felt God tugging at your heart, God dealing with you, or maybe you were saved at once and you have gone far from him, well, today he's calling you home. So if you've never been saved, today is your day. Or if you're ready to get back on track and rededicate your life, today is your day as well. So as I just want us to go back into this before we close. And if that's you, I want you to just come down to the front. Listen, there is no, there's no condemnation. There is none. Because let me tell you this. Every single person in here that was saved, they had to do that at one point. So as they're walking down these aisles ready to get their life right, you ought to erupt this house in praise because what? What does the Bible say about when one comes into the kingdom of God? All of heaven goes nuts. So if you're in this room this morning and you're ready to get your life back on track with God or you're ready to get saved for the first time, I want you to come back, come down to the front. And like I said, we're going to go back into this song. And as they're coming, you all ought to go crazy because the devil is getting depopulated and heaven is getting populated. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Share it with your friends, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube.